yeah, not with that attitude. You can do, you can do anything your little heart desires. Jeez. Mm, ah, uh, Wade, what a dick. He's like, I need my free wins. Oh, you <laughs> asshole. See if I ever fucking let you ride with me again. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, magic folk, to episode number 95 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt. No Danny this week. He's out doing Danny things. I bet he's actually just like recovering from that sunburn because god damn was he a lobster i'm sure he's just sitting on his freaking xbox playing sports games or valheim or something oh my god that's the case because i i I know he's not doing anything important because he's at least trolling facebook because the minute i changed my profile picture he reacted to it (laughs) did he really yep so i'm looking on discord right now to see i suppose you can't look in the viewers and stuff because he's a mod he doesn't show up right oh he's not on he's not on discord so he might not be playing valheim He's not doing anything. Don't kid yourself. But anyways, <laughs> that over there you're hearing is JB. Is it? Are you sure? Are you positive? I, I'm I'm positive. Are you positive? Maybe. We'll get back to you on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, Magic Folk, for deciding to join us. We got a jam-packed show for you this week. A lot of interesting news. We got some... Adventures in the Forgotten Realm stuff. But before we go into the breakdown of how this episode is going to be laid out, let's talk about our amazing patrons who are crazy as balls to just like, yo, right? we enjoy your content. Here's some money. I mean, it's a good symbiotic relationship here, but thank you to Big G, Wade97, Chapman, Demoose, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Nikki, and Third String Chapman. All y'all are crazy, and starting off here with the Patreon pitch, we got some news to do with that. It's the start of the month. We have the the raffles. We've got the goods. We've got the goods. Got the goods. To those listening and not watching, we have we didn't meet our 10 Patreon goal, so we we're only giving away one booster pack, which is a Modern Horizons 2 booster pack. And this month's card for the $15 tier is a uh, Magic Reward Ponder. But also, I'm throwing in a Expedition Celestial Colonnade in this as well, just for the lulls of it. And we're going to try something special here as it gets set up. So we're going to draw for the uh, the cards first. And on your screen, bam, we have a wheel that will pop up that'll show everybody that's in the, uh, the tier, the $10 tier. Officially spinning for the second time. Oh my god. I'm embarrassed about that. Hey, it works out in the end. It was so close. I ri- rip. <laughs> so close. Man, I feel bad now. That first one definitely seems like it was rigged, but. You got to get the right names in, man. Right? Got to yes, get you the do. right names in. I'm so sorry. 
All right. So, uh, Demus, congratulations. And with that, now we're going to spin for the pack, get these names changed to all the appropriate ones. And this one, I do have uh, them cr- entered in correctly. Are you sure? Yes. You positive? Positive. 100%. Jeez, when you start saying it like that, then it's like, I really don't. Yeah, you don't. Dun, dun, dun. And back in here. And now we are live again for the spin of the Modern Horizons 2 booster pack. Oh. 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 There we go. Boom! That thing sl- like ro- slowly rolls, man. I thought it right. Was it's, like, it's like it's uh, like <laughs> it fakes you out. Nikki, congratulations! You win the booster pack. Uh, if you are not listening in the live stream right now, I will be sending you messages over Patreon, Patreon, and get your guys's uh, shipping addresses. But damn! So yeah, a new fancy way to show off this stuff, I guess. Thought that was a cool website. And yeah, uh, become a patron member. We have a 3 and a $10 tier. And you get entered into this random craziness if I get the first round right. Right. But it was right the second time. Are you sure? Yes. All the names were in there appropriately. You sure? Because I wasn't in there. You were, you're were. you not eligible, sir. Damn it. You're not eligible. It was worth a shot. I mean, it could be worth <laughs> a shot. Uh, next up with our opening area thing here say with this so after the patrons let us thank jdubs sports cards and gaming who i've been really lazy and haven't got a uh a new improved read on it yet so jb you give us the jdubs ad read while nope. i get up the next thing set up nope yep no that's on you bud nope just typical t- t- matt tell procrastinating him, tell him about jdubs do i have to yes do i have to you do but i can't just read the thing because you haven't updated it yet. No, you, you you go there enough. You should know. Do all the I? Good stuff. Are you I mean, sure? Yeah, you can wing it. I'm positive. What's so funny? We got Wade in the chat saying we've been trying to read to you about your randomizer selection method. Oh God! <laughs> hey man, I thought that I thought that wheel was a great way to I'm do st- it. I'm still waiting for the Red Shadow Legends. Without well, now it's going to be coming. <laughs> T minus five minutes. <laughs> so anyway. Our lovely sponsor, J-Dubs, they have all your needs, whether it be sports cards, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, or our lovely, lovely card game that we all love, hence our podcast. They have Magic Gathering stuff. Do they? Yes, they do. They have lots of it. They have cases upon cases of stuff Oh, and boxes upon boxes that you can dig through and find all your jewels, your hidden specs. Hidden specs like bone shards? Yes. (laughs) Or you can be cool and clear them out of Is It Charms right before they spiked. Oh, I remember you telling me about big that. Big brain moves. Big, <laughs> big brain plays. Yeah, I spent like a half an hour digging through that bucket, but I found them. J-Dubs also has leagues on the weekend. Saturday is Modern League. Sunday's Legacy League. They have FNM. Thursday is their Commander League. And there's points and stuff that you get for winning that will get added up at the end, and you get a bunch of rewards depending on how many points you got throughout that whole season for Commander. So if any of that's interested, if you're interested in any of that and you're in the FM area, go check them out. 
Now, the final thing to do here before we go into the breakdown is we had a giveaway that we talked about a couple weeks ago, and we're ready to announce the winner for that. And to those listening, wonder a reminder, it was the Modern Horizons 2 pre-release pack we got. So this is a month of just like giving away shit. Right. So we love to give away shit. We have Oh Slade. Nope, sorry, you must be 18 to win. <laughs> I don't think that was one of the rules we had. <laughs> don't think that was one of the rules we had. But uh local homeboy. Maybe maybe he can uh you know, use the cards in here to play something other than Total Storm. <laughs> hey man, Total so Storm. So maybe we can not bring the coloring book every week. Uh, uh, no, you missed it. He legitly brought the coloring book. Did he? Yes, really? he legitly brought a coloring book, and people used it. <laughs> you are my hero, Slade. Is a great meme. <laughs> well, congratulations on winning the pre-release pack, man. I'll if you're not listening, I'll hit you up here and uh, figure out a way to ship it to you or give it to you. But okay, woo! So much stuff given away. This was fun. We got to do. We got to work on giving more stuff away. Right? That means, you know what that means. We need more patrons so we can give away more cool stuff. Because the more of you that join up and chip in, the cooler and better and more often we can give away stuff. Just like before when we said if we make it to 20 patrons, we'll hold a win a box tournament. Okay. Let's do this. Right? We're dead it's serious about this. Called out again. It's called out again. But and don't worry, it'll be either Ixalan or Born of the Gods. <laughs> Six of We're not going to be those people. No, I'm just kidding. It won't be that shitty. Let's give you that breakdown. So uh, we're going to jump over to the Boggle Desk, and we're going to talk about some modern challenges and maybe dip into the modern league a little bit. Uh, JB's going to give us our assault report from the Alexandria uh, event. And then after that, there are no blogatog this week because we have no Danny, and JB and I decided not to do a blog talk. You are correct. We'll spend more time talking about other things. But then we're going to jump into the quickies where we have some uh, they, a list of cards for the Mirror Mirror Challenge, uh, Magic Legends news, state of the game, and an award that wasn't claimed yet. After that, we're going to jump into the finance section and close off with Deck of the Week. And then, oh man, that's it. So JB... Let's jump over to the Boggle Desk, and you take us away with the Salt Report. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, we're not talking about it. It's, what the fuck? It's the JB Salt Report. We got Wade in the chat saying, my Salt Report is, who the hell has 50-minute break for an MTG tournament? Yes. Oh, my God. That was so stupid. They had a 50-minute break? Oh, my God, yeah. Between, like, three and four, round three and four. They're like, yeah, after round three, we're going to have a 50-minute break for lunch for the judges. And need I remind you, they had at least six, what, like six or seven rounds, something like that. It was quite a bit of rounds. And they didn't, like, we didn't legitly start start until close to one o'clock. Like, start time was designated at 12, but, like, we didn't get rolling because they ended up having to, they fucked up round one pairings and had to repair and by the time we actually got sat down and started, it was closer to one. That's fucked. Yeah. Like, it was dumb. Like, me and Mason were both saying, we're like, what the fuck? They didn't even do this for regionals. 
Yeah, uh, Wade says in the chat there, it's they only need 15 minutes. And yeah, for a tournament that size, it's like right. hey, you can you can eat a sandwich. Like a lot of people, they like work even gives you like a 30 minute break for lunch. Right. Like at 30 minutes, sure, I'll give you that. Adding an extra 20 just to like, extend it seems a little excessive. Yeah, it was dumb. It was really dumb, especially since they kept giving out time extensions for matches too. So like, oh there was a a 15 minute time extension for the last match before you know, that break would even start. So you had like a bunch of people already standing around for 20 minutes, 20 plus minutes or more waiting for that match to go. And that match went to turns. And then they took a 50 minute break on top of that. And then they were waiting for people to come back because they told people like, okay, just be back at this time. Well, then that ended up being longer than the 50 minutes. So yeah, it was, it was, it was stupid. It was dumb. That doesn't seem very well organized. Yep. Needless to say, we got picked up by Noah, and we went and driving around Alexandria, and we got ice cream and <laughs> drove around and came back, and we still waited for, like, what, 20 more minutes? Jesus balls. Yeah, it was dumb. That's fucked. <laughs> Wade says they needed a bigger space, too. Was yeah. Oh, my God, it was. They did, Well, they could have used a bigger space, but... Like, I think it would have been fine space-wise if they would have had better airflow. Like, their ventilation sucked. Oh, it was terrible. Ventilation is always important. Help yeah. move that air. Oh, yeah, dude, it was bad. They even cracked, like, the one door open in the back, and it, but it didn't help. Womp. Yeah, it was, it was fucking bad. Well, tell us about your matches that you did. Oh, what, what deck were you playing? I was playing D&T. Was it the the new aged D and T where you got uh, prelates in like the no? Because I don't, I'm not cool enough to have cards like that. All right, so is it just? But like, I did have a cauldra. Okay, you did have cauldra in there for the Stoneforge package, mm -hmm. and your D and T is the Yorion variant. No, I took Yorion out. For you took Yorion out. Yep. I, okay. Because like my Yorion package was pretty weak, and I was like, I don't want to dilute it for this. Like, I'll just stick to what I know. Whatever you know. Okay. Not like it fucking mattered anyway, but <laughs> we'll get to that. So anyway, first round, well, I was supposed to be paired up with this one guy who like had all his, his cool little players tour top eight pins attached to his, you know, play mat and his, his player tour dice box and all this cool stuff and whatnot. And I ended up playing against him later on. So we'll get to that. But so then we got repaired. Uh, which was kind of a good thing because I had a really sketchy keep. So it saved me from a sketch keep. But so then I got repaired. Ended up playing against New Jund with the stupid fucking monkey and all that bullshit. With New Jund, are they running the Ignoble Hierarchs in there as yes. well? Yes. Okay. Yep. And the... Void Walkers. And it was a Lurus deck too. So okay, it was just was... even more stupid. Yeah, it was, was... fucking dumb. Uh, so I got completely fucked. Like, just straight up. Like, I was dead drawn. My deck just basically said, fuck you. I don't want to work. DT like, already has a hard time against Jund in the first place. So then when you, like, shave down I mean, the curve into a Lurus package with it, I imagine that's... It It depends. It's kind of up in the air, I guess. Um, but, yeah, no, I just I couldn't draw anything. I couldn't get anything. Second, second game, I just flooded. Just straight up flooded. Like, I saw some of my sideboard cards, but I just, all I was drawing was land. I just straight up top deck and land. Uh, so I couldn't do anything. Uh, it was terrible. So that left a bad taste in my mouth. Second round was against Merfolk, which I was like, okay, this, you know, this 
whatever, this is going to be a close match. It's like, whatever. I was coming off of the previous Friday uh, with a pretty good shutout of Merfolk. So I was like, okay, I should be able to do this, right? Nope, those stupid Tide Shapers. Never should have been fucking printed, let alone for as cheap as they were. Goddamn Island Walk bullcrap. God damn it. So that one totally fucked me. Um, I even had to quarter, I fucking quartered my own land to get rid of the fucking island. And then, lo and behold, the one card he had in his fucking hand at the time was another damn Tide Shaper. So he fucking kicked that and went, Oh, I almost had an island walk with my fucking 20 plus merfolk. <laughs> fucking douchebag. So yeah, I needless to say, I was pissed off about that. Um, but what can you do? So then, let's see, what was it? Third round, I was just ready to drop, but we figured it out that maybe, uh, you know, a, a two-loss record could get into top eight, but it would be very, very hard, and you'd have to win absolutely every single match. Well, I ended up having to wait until after round three anyway for the for the win-a-box tournament to start, so I was like, all right, well, I'll just play out this round three match. So I played against Goblins, and it was kind of a... It wasn't like your normal 8-wax-style Goblins. Like, it was... I don't know, it was kind of hobbled together, but I totally just fucked him up. Like, hardcore. It was great. It made me feel good. <laughs> but I was like, there's no way I'm going to win every single match after this. And even if I do, it maybe puts me at 8th place. So that's like 50 bucks. So I'm up, what, $15? Like, it's not worth it. So I dropped. Uh, 15 bucks is worth it, though. No. You could have got more packs. I dropped and went to, into the Winnebox tournament. And, yeah, that was horseshit. Uh, so I ended up first round. It's all single elimination. So first round, I sat against the guy I was supposed to play originally first round. The pin boy. Yep, the pin boy, and he was on is it Phoenix? And no matter what I did, I just I I couldn't keep him off shit. Like I fucked his graveyard up. I brought in the sanctifiers. Still, he just had every damn answer, all the time. Those fucking Merktide Regents, man. Yeah. They're stupid. They're fucking stupid. It's a better uh, Gurmag, I guess. Yeah, for fucking two mana. You get a big-ass 8-8 flyer. That can just keep getting bigger. Yeah. It's, and you it's got things dumb. that pair like, with it, like Snapcaster, even Lava Darts. Yeah. Like, was just, Lava Dart one of those things in there for just yeah, kind of like a yeah, free... Yeah, you kept Lava Dart and shit. Like it just, and I couldn't get rid of it because the damn thing has Delve, so you can cast it for two fucking mana, but it's a... A seven or eight drop anyway, so you can't hit it with Skyclave, and you're just praying and hoping you draw a path. Well, I got my paths, and I was popping the regents, but then they just like another one would come in its place, or I'd start, you know, pinging down the the, the phoenixes, just keep coming back. Like just, every every damn time, he had every fucking answer, and my deck just was like, nah, we're not gonna function. So that was frustrating. It's like no matter what you do, they still have everything, all the time. So I was just, like, done at that point. I'm like, yeah, this was, like, a waste of $35 for me. Like, this is terrible. Especially because it's like I looked around and there was at least eight other freaking, you know, D&T or Stoneblade variant decks running around. And they're all still in, in the thing. So I'm like, why the fuck? Like, why is mine just all of a sudden, like, fuck you? Like, dude, I was so tilted that day. Like, it just, I was just done. I was done with magic. I was ready to just sell my fucking cards. Wow. It was like regionals all over again. It's like, I can do good. Like, And those are the shitty things. Like, I played the deck all weekend, right? Friday at FNM, I did really good with it. Saturday at League, 
fairly well. Fucking, and then all of a sudden, here it comes. Once again, you go to a tournament. Once the stakes are high, it's like the cards are just like, nah, we're just, nah, we're just not going to do anything. We have a very good quote in the chat right now that could sum this all up. His cheeks were clapped bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was it was terrible. It made me question my life choices that day. Like, really, it did. So that's where I was at with that. That doesn't sound like a good time. No, it really wasn't because, you know, you couple with, with the, hey, we're going to take a forever fucking break from this shit. And then it just jam-packed with people. They couldn't get the fucking pairings right the first time. Like, it was just, it was just a not fun day. Like, it was not very well thought out. Well, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to make it to my nut to try and make it better, but. No, uh, well, and uh, I mean, like my mindset right now, I'm kind of glad I'm not going because I'm sure it would just end up the same and it would just piss me off even more and it would really make me question why I play this game. So, like, I mean, that, you know, like I said, that's why I kind of didn't play League this weekend. I was like, no, I, I need to go do something else at the at this time. Like, I didn't even touch my online shit. I didn't touch Arena for like a week. I barely touched Moto. I was just like, I'm, I'm done with Magic for a little bit. Like, I just, I need a fucking break because I am that tilted. Like, it was bad cheeks got clapped that hard yeah it was it was bad oh man got wade saying it was a hot mess it was dude it was so bad so bad there's the salt report (laughs) yep (laughs) so enough about my sad sackness on to a modern challenge that happened on sunday first place oh look at this mono white deck with a lurse companion wonder what it could be Am I supposed to respond what it is? Sure. Hammer time. Yeah. Hammer time. Yep. Four cigar to aid, four Colossus hammer, a shadow spear, a cranial plating, Mishra's bobble, paradise mantle. Swiftfoot boots. Yep. Four Urza's saga, pure steel paladin, all the goodies. Yep. Good stuff. Took it. Took it away. First place. Straight up. And then second place we had Harden Scales. Yeah. Yeah, with that new Zabaz, the Glimmer Wasp. And nothing else very standout-ish from this as compared uh, to Other before. than the Sagas, the Four of Sagas, and Power Depots. Well, no, Urza Saga is already in the deck. That's what kind of brought Hardened Scales back is, you know, the um, it, it's able to get the Ozolith, the animation module, and it can get your uh, Arc Brown Worker, or it can get a Zabaz, like... It, it was the thing that kind of brought this back as a dick. Well, Hardened Scales has always been a deck. It's always been very fringe. It's hard to deal with. It's like Infect. Like, it's always there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether or not the meta is good enough for it. Ooh, ooh. Can I talk about the third place? The next one? Yeah. Yeah, third place. We have Is It Control with four Regavans, four Dragon Chain, Ch- Dragon Chain, Dragon Rage Channelers. Four Merktide Regents, a Snappy Boy, a Brazen Borrower, Mishra's Bobbles. This is not a companion deck, clearly, but it's very interesting. They got four Unholy Heats. Love that card. Four Counter Spells, three Expressive Iterations, and all this stuff. Like, uh, it got four Thought Scour to mill yourself to help feed into the Merktide Regent to start dink stomping. Yeah, Merktide Regent, stupid. Stupid. So in fourth place, we have. Uh, Grixis Death Shadow. Classic. With more monkeys. 
and Dragon Rage Chandlers. Because why not? Oh, this one's running your Unholy Heat there too, bud. Mm-hmm. Dude, Unholy Heat is like, I don't know, like, Lightning Bolt is good, but this is like right underneath this. Like, I would rather have an Unholy Heat over a Lava Axe. Right. So then next up we had uh, Five Color Humans, because why not? That's surprising. What's the new card? Is cards? it though? I mean, well, humans the new cards is. they get in here? Humans is always. Yeah, it's always been a good. deck. Is it just more of. Oh, they got uh, Imperial Recruiter. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that pretty much does it in, I'd say, is Imperial Recruiter, allowing you to get damn near everything in the fucking deck. Like, you you can't get a Mantis Rider. Sanctifiers. They're in the sideboard. Same with Sanctum Prelate. Oh, yep. Which some, some of them have been main board. It just depends, like, you know, on what they decide to move around but right and you can get both of those with the imperial recruiter correct sixth place we had yorion azorius blade yeah good stuff this is like your dnt kind of thing here huh uh kind of it's just more blinky stone blade shenanigans okay is what it is lavinia azorius renegade spell queller solitude meddling mages ephemerates Amirius call that one's interesting. Yeah, uh, like in my D&T group, uh, one of my discords, they're even talking about even just like the regular mono-white D&T and no Yorion packages. They're talking about adding in a Marius call. What for? Seven mana to get yourself two tokens. Flip and side, bro. The flip side of just it's it's a land? Yes. Okay. I mean, we know that the MDFCs are a good card, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, you're primarily just going to be using it for a land all the time. I don't know. Like, at, at some point, I'd feel like you'd be getting a little bit of the feel-bads. Like, uh, never able to really cast this for its true power. I'm just getting a land instead. But it helps. I'll give you that. And every once in a while, you do flood out and have a lot of mana. I mean, it's it, it gives you a late-game mana sink. But... Ooh, ooh, I got this one. I got this one. Seventh place. Fucking five-color elementals. Dude, these decks are stupid. I'm just saying, I played against one on MTGO, and it is fucking dumb two horde of notions so this is a card that i don't know outside of commander maybe so uh, people don't know about horde of nations is wooberg five five vigilance trample haste you pay wooberg you may play target elemental card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost so you got omnath locus of creation grief solitude fury so these are the new uh uh, incarnation cards, elemental incarnations from Modern Horizons 2, and then Risen Reef as another, uh, as like a ramp piece, Lightning Skelemental to uh, <laughs> control your opponent's hand, Unsettled Mariner and Thunderkin Awakener. Oh my gosh. And it's a uh, Kahira the Orphan Guard companion deck because they're all <laughs> elementals. And then it has four Ephemerate because Ephemerate seems to be like a very powerful one drop in modern nowadays it is it it really is all the etbs you looking at the next one here yes actually i want to talk about this one all right so this is kind of my alley it's a abzan deck it looks basically i don't know what kind of rock style with a white splash it's got ignoble hierarchs a couple void walkers a scooze four tarmogoyfs a single turok and a single timeless dragon which i thought that's kind of interesting so that's the eternalized one. Yeah, but you're just cycling it. You're never, right. You're yeah, never you're never it. like hard casting it. But uh, it's got two Grist, the Hunger Tides, and four Lily of the Veils. Got your Fatal Pushes, Inquisitions, Prismatic Endings, because why not? 
uh, yeah, if you seizes. have white, your three-color deck, like, if you are able to put in a prismatic ending, you're just going to be right? a happy person. Thought seizes, uh, dams, two of them. There's only two lingering souls and a couple of indicates. So this is just looking to, like, straight-up attrition the fuck out of you, mm-hmm. dropping your dropping Tarmogoyf's inquisitioning your opponent, like, killing all their creatures and stuff to where you're... Tarmogoyf, your Voidwalker, or even Eternalizing a Timeless Dragon is just going to start rolling the ball for you. Well, then uh, in the sideboard, there's a card that I thought about picking up, but now it's everybody's on it, and it's spiking way out of what I want to pay for it. Uh, but the Kataki Wars Wage. Yeah. Yeah, that thing's been getting talked about. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was a weekly winner a couple weeks ago. I think. I can't remember. A lot of the D&T lists have been picking that up for a while now. Uh, it's been in the sideboard, and that's why I've thought about picking it up, but it's now it's just been spiking hard. So I'm like, nah, I'll wait. Right? It looks here, you get two of them for 20 bucks, so they're 10 bucks a piece right now. Yep. And they were way cheaper than that. But yeah, so that's your top eight from the challenge. And then we have a league that Matt wanted to talk about. Yeah, only if we had time. And I think right now, yeah, we're at 37 minutes, so. We can just highlight a couple. All right. What what, what are some of the 5-0 decks that you're interested in? Mm, I mean, not that I'm interested in, but I'm sure other people are. There's a Grixis Urza's Kitchen deck that made a 5-0. Uh, surprise, surprise. Bant Stoneblade, another Amulet Titan, another four-color Death Shadow. Orzhov Stoneblade, which I'm sure is the Grief Blade. Let's see. This is going to be the Cascade. Crashing Footfalls, correct? Yep, Shardless Agent, all that fun shit. Those decks are stupid. They really are. I fucking hate them. Uh, Living End showed up again. Ooh, I want to look at this. There's a Red White Taxes actually made a 5-0. Yeah, I was just uh, open that up there. Oh, but, but can you really consider it Red White Taxes because yeah. it's only a splash for Imperial Recruiter? Yeah, no, get the fuck out of here. That's not Red White. It doesn't count. Ooh. Here we go. This this is this one's always fun Ooh, to talk about. Here's a soul herder deck. Uh, let's talk about the Enchantress Ooh. deck. Ooh, yeah. The Nea Enchantress. So this really took off with two cards added in from Modern Horizons to Sithis, Harvest Hand, and Sanctum Weaver. Uh, Sanctum Weaver is green one for an O2 enchantment creature druid. You tap to add X mana of any one color where X is the number of enchantments you control. Has a playset of that and a playset of Sithis, which Sithis is a green, white, 1 2 legendary nymph. Uh, when you cast an enchantment spell, you gain one life and draw a card. So, this thing is all, everything in here is an enchantment because de- there's three Destiny Spinners as well. And this card is super b- badass in here because it's green, 1, 2, 3, creature and enchantment spells you control can't be countered. They pretty much say, fuck you to Force of Negation and Counter Spell. But uh, four abundant, four abundant growth, one mana bloom, four on thin ice, four utopia sprawl, one greater oromancy, four sterling grove, new card added in from modern horizon. So other enchantments you control have shroud, and then you can pay one, sack it, search your library for an enchantment card, reveal it, put that card on top of your library. A single banishing light, three blood moons, four enchantress's presence, and three solitary confinements. Which is the, the 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 engine of this thing? Because 
at the beginning of your upkeep, you sacrifice it unless you discard a card and you skip your draw step and you yourself have shroud and prevent all damage to have to be dealt to you. So you got all these enchantresses and stuff out, like when you're casting enchantments and drawing cards, you're just kind of like filling up your hand and don't really care that you're missing your draw step. I like this deck. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I think that'll cover the five O's. There's a wide enough spread. As far as upcoming result or events, eh, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you want to look at the MTGO schedule, see if there's anything that tickles your fancy. I know there's still MH2 stuff going on. There's a couple cubes going on. I think there's some cubes going on in Arena still. Jumpstart's still going on Arena. If you're in the North Dakota, South Dakota area and want to go to a... What's the Minot one again? Is that the... What's the prize? Is uh, that the collector booster. It's a collector booster. It's a collector booster. Yeah, uh, cl- a box. Box. Collector, collector bo- box. Collector box of MH2. Yep. Uh, that's in Minot as well. So uh, if you go there, probably see me. But that's it for the Boggle Desk, I would say. Let's talk about these quickies. So first up, we have in the news quickies, the Mirror Mirror uh, band card list revealed of all the cards that they have that are going to be getting changes to them. Uh, this article is coming from mtgrocks.com, and the rebalancing changes for banned historic cards is Agent of Treachery. This one is changed to where it says it enters the battlefield. If you cast it from your hand, gain control of target permanent. So it's no longer when it enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent. So no more ETB shenanigans there. Uh, Field of the Dead, it now reads whenever Field of the Dead or another land enters the battlefield under your control. If you control seven or more lands with different names, create a tapped 2-2 zombie. Yeah, so they have to come in from your hand on that one uh fires of invention it is the new text on it is you can't cast you can cast spells only during your turn and you can cast no more than two spells each turn you may cast spells with mana value less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying their mana cost less than or equal to what's the difference on this one you may cast spells with your mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying your mana cost i think this one's the same Oh, it costs uh, one more mana to cast. It's five mana. Red, red, three. Whoops. Missed that one. Uh, Nexus of Fate got changed. It's uh, blue, blue, five. Take an extra turn after this one. You exile Nexus of Fate instead of shuffling it into your library now. Good. The big one, the big change here, Oko. Still three mana, but they changed their uh, the, the, the activated abilities of Oko. It's now a plus one to create a food. Neg two to elk something, but they left the neg five as is so initial thoughts on that one jb i imagine that one they fixed him you think that's good mm-hmm. it keeps it in bold range it makes it way easier to kill a uh, full list of the cards will be put in the link down below if you're interested on that but from there jb tell us about magic legends the most amazing mmo action game oh that thing so any of you that are super hyped uh for magic legends or got into it you know i'm sorry i have some very sad news for you because it sucked uh so yeah they're uh Harsh. Pl- they're planning on shutting it down uh hasn't even made it a full year in open beta but yeah they even gave a date uh it's shutting down by october 31st of this year there will 
be the link for the full statement I'm sure Matt will include in the show notes. But yeah, the servers are going to remain open until the 31st. All money spent in-game across Arc and Epic Game Store during open beta will be refunded. So that's nice, I guess. They're not basically just saying, fuck you. Uh, the open beta was met with immediate disappointment and criticism, pointing out countless bugs, glitches, and uninspired gameplay. The Twitter account had recently posted a game update on June 24th that included improvements, bug fixes, and more. But Magic Legends dropped to single-digit Twitch viewers quickly after launch and remained that way. So they're saying, fuck you to this game. And honestly, like, I signed up for it. I thought it was cool. I got picked for the, what was it, the alpha testing. And my computer at the time sucked ass, so I just contributed a lot of shit to my computer sucking ass. But the little bit I did get to play, I don't know, it just, it just didn't do it for me. It, it it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as exciting as they made it sound to be. It was very clunky. It was very... It just didn't seem magic-esque like, at all. That's really unfortunate because yeah. I know when we were talking and looking at it, the game looked good. Like You can go back and listen to earlier episodes. We're like, this thing looks fucking sweet. I never had a chance to play it because my computer definitely is not up to spec to be able to handle something like that. And... uh yeah, it's kind of sad to know, even if I get a new computer, that I won't be able to play Magic Legends. Well, I mean, I could if I get it done before October 31st, but I don't think I would. Why pick up a game that's going to be dying? Right. Along with that, they also, uh, Magic Legends announced that Zen have been converted to Aethercost, so it just allows you to, if I'm not mistaken, so store Zen costs have been converted to Aethercost, battle pass level purchasing has been disabled, renamed character costs have additionally been substantially reduced. So, if I'm not mistaken, Zen is like real-life currency, and Aether is the in-game currency, so they're just kind of like ways for you to (laughs) not have to put money into there, since it's closing. Next in the news quickies, we have an update for what to expect for the new set Innistrad Midnight Hunt pre-release. This one comes directly from wizardsplaynetwork.com. Innistrad Midnight Hunt kicks off Magic's return of fan-favorite plane of Innistrad starting at pre-release of September 17th. Pre-release pack took a little different looks a little different this time around so here are five things you must know to prepare. Pre-release packs now come in 15 to a case. Set boosters are the new pre-release prize support you're getting extra buy-a-box cards as sale initiatives. Pre-release early sales promotions will vary by region. Stores that reach the WPM premium in July will get a digital Innistrad preview card. There there will be no commander dueling at pre-release. Uh, so pre-release packs now come to 15 per case to accommodate the new set booster prize support. Uh, 64% of people surveyed uh, of surveyed customers said that they would rather have two Keldheim set boosters than three Keldheim draft boosters. So that was the incentive the incentive to change from draft boosters to set boosters. Okay, but why wouldn't it be the same number or the same price? For what? The set boosters and the draft boosters. They're the same price, so why wouldn't you get three? You know, your, your guess is as good as mine on that. Like, I don't know, it was one of those things like, we're already buying set booster po- set booster packs boxes cheaper for less cards. There's less packs. Well, yeah, in a now set box. now the price has shifted, but before like the first couple, the price I think was like ten or twenty dollars more than the draft boosters, uh, just because like 
of the the hype of the oh you can get more rares you can get all this stuff but now I think yep. they've they finally adjusted that price based on the the lesser amount of cards and stuff that you're getting because I noticed that with this last set that the set boosters were like ten fifteen dollars cheaper than the drafts yep which was nice but yeah they started out more expensive you would think that if they're cheaper they'd put more or at least definitely make it three like why right. two why two right especially since they're the same price per pack. Like, why not? But yeah, full article down in the description below. And from there, let's jump into some of the more meatier topics. Should we start off with a state of the game or move to controversy? Controversy is probably shorter, so we'll start with that and then go to the state of the game. Perfect. So MTG MTG players claim Mr. Beast's 50K price hasn't been awarded. This comes from esportstalk.com. Back in April, we talked about Mr. Beast giving away $25,000 prize to two people on MTG Arena. This sounded like an incredible idea for a way to potentially make life-altering money by simply playing a card game. This initially took place back on April 23rd, and as we inch closer to July, it appears that nobody has been awarded the money. Some people are worried that it was a scam and that no winner was ever truly supposed to be declared. It's for sure a shady situation, and many are hoping that it's not a scam and those winners were declared and the prize has and will be doled out so this article came out uh, where's the date on this june 28th so on june 27th a redditor known as narolin claimed to have reached out to wizards about this they point out that they don't care about the event or rewards but want to spread awareness According to the rules of the event, people could request a list of winners before June 23rd. Narlin reportedly put the request in a month before that deadline, but never received an answer, uh, according to Narlin. And then Narlin posted this. Point 14 of this event rules, very bottom of the page, states that individuals can send a request at uh, prizelogic.zencast, whole link right there, before the 23rd of June in order to get a copy of the winner's list. So I did that one month before the deadline, but to this day, still no answer. And this day is uh, June 27th. The only thing that's in my mailbox in the email confirming that my ticket was sent and received. Is there a chance that this was a contest that was not supposed to have a true winner? It's possible. If someone managed to beat Mr. Beast in MTG, for example, but they didn't meet the age national nationality requirements, they win no prize. Excuse me. The confusing thing is that the rules of the competition didn't specify that you have to even play against Mr. Beast. And then they uh, put in here the promotion, specifically how to enter the promotion. During the promotion period, an eligible entrant may log into their Magic the Gathering Arena account and follow the links and instructions to log into the Friday Night Magic event. All entrants must have a valid account with a verified email address. Accounts can be created over at accounts.wizards.com or in the arena client. Entrants may not enter using guest accounts. Upon entering the event, eligible entrants will be randomly paired with another entrant to play the game. All entrants must play the full game to completion to be eligible to win a prize. Concede games do not constitute a full win. And then uh, that's the end of that. Uh, It goes on to read, that is perhaps what makes this the most confusing. According to the official rules, you didn't even have to play against Mr. Beast in MTG 
to have a chance to win the prize. Perhaps the misword of the official rules, though. Uh, that's also likely. We aren't accusing Wizards of the Coast of scamming anyone, but the situation certainly is suspicious. It is likely that the winner simply did not wish to be made known, uh, and they will hit. It. We will get back to you as this story develops. That's kind of interesting, man. That uh, nothing has been dished out for the winner. Right. Makes you wonder if it was just a publicity stunt for Arena. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them for that. It would, it would make sense. Right. But yeah, there's that exciting news. But next in the news, I guess that was kind of a quickie. The state of the game. We have a bunch of news in the state of a game here. Always. All right. So first up, they talk about the new dungeon cards. So, venturing into dungeons is a classic part of many D&D campaigns, and Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is bringing that to magic as well. This set introduces dungeons as a new card type to magic. These cards don't go into your deck or sideboard. Instead, they start outside the game and come into play when a card tells you to venture into the dungeon. There's three dungeons in the set, and you'll be able to see each of them alongside any card that references dungeons. On desktop platforms... You can hover over a card and right-click on it to flip through the dungeon options. Well, that's kind of nice. On mobile, you can press and hold on the card to see a list of the dungeons, much like the way cards in a mutate stack are shown. If you're not in a dungeon already, whenever you venture into the dungeon, you will choose one of the three dungeons in the set to enter. You'll start in the entrance, first room at the top, activating the triggered ability in that room. As you continue to venture deeper into the dungeon, you will often be offered a choice of which room and triggered effect you want to choose next, until finally you reach the end of the dungeon, completing it. If you venture again, you can choose to go back to that same dungeon or select one of the others. If you want to learn more about dungeon delving, they have a dedicated article. Uh, the link will be in the description in the article. Bunch of the cards in the set offer different ways to venture into dungeons or get bonuses for having completed dungeons, giving players multiple strategic approaches. And of course, dungeons are known for the mighty foes they contain and among the most fearsome there are. And everybody is always afraid of a cat beast. Correct. But yeah, no, I was like wondering how they were going to do these dungeons and stuff. And like I was sitting here thinking the other day, I was like, so what? Do you just get to complete it one time and then you got to go to the other ones or what? Or you get to redo them? Like, especially since there was only three, like I was kind of hoping they'd have more than three, but I think they're keeping it to three. So that way they could have focused on, right. I suppose to keep it simple, stupid, you know, mm-hmm. and especially after everything that's kind of been going on with their fucking rules and new mechanics and shit like that. They, they definitely didn't want to push this to any exacerbated level. Right. So, we're going to talk about the dice mechanic, I guess, going on here, and then maybe throw in our own two cents of the whole dice (laughs) turmoil online. So, while Dungeons & Dragons are certainly iconic and familiar to D&D players, few things are more beloved and feared than the dice. First time in Black Border, Adventure of the Forgotten Realm brings rolling a d20 to magic. There are several cards in this set that have a very... have a variable effect based on how well you roll a 20-sided dice. Each has a table to describe what the results you get when you roll, often with a nice bonus for managing to roll a nat 20. Of course, MTG Arena will handle the die rolling on the tables for you, and you just have to enjoy the results. But you can read all the details here in that link if you are interested. So yeah, uh, one of the cards that they're showing off here is Goblin Morningstar for red, 
one, you get an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one when it has trample. It has equipped of red one. When Goblin Morningstar ETBs, you roll a d20. When you roll one to nine, you create a one, one Goblin creature token. And if you roll a 10 to 20, create a one, one Goblin creature token, then attach Goblin Morningstar to it. So, JB, <laughs> the dice turmoil. D20, magic <sighs> players, spin downs, all this shit. Spin downs are not D20s. I think that's fine for people to use a, a spin down to roll, but in like REL events and stuff, yeah, have a randomized D20 then. Right. And it's like, how, my, my thing is, is like, people are like, you can specifically roll a, a spin down dice to land on what you want and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, but that takes a lot of practice. I mean, if you're fucking worrying about that, if you're worrying about that, you're not worrying about your gameplay. Right. Seems to be worrying about wrong like, things, but. Yeah, I, I know some people that roll their spin downs to you know for the opening dice roll whatever that's cool that's fine you know because it's all you're doing is just trying to get a high number to get a fucking whatever it's whoop to do you know you could you could load dice you could load any dice for that you could yeah. load freaking d6s y- you know exactly. i mean like it's it is what it is but when it comes to like the card functions and shit in the actual game itself yeah roll the damn d20 don't fucking try and cheat and roll your fucking spin down because that's not what it is it doesn't say roll a spin down it says roll the D20. It's called read the fucking card. With uh, the fat packs coming out in. Yeah, aren't they? Aren't they? They're going to be actual yeah, spin downs. D20, actual D20s, do you mean? Yeah. Actual D20s, not spin downs. They're not the spin downs. They're going to be actual D20s. Yep. Which is kind of cool that they're doing that. But I mean, if you're a magic player, you already have spin down dice. Oh, God. Yeah. You already, you already you're have, have like giant bags full of fucking spin downs. I mean. Yeah. I don't know. You'll I have think... so many that you won't even know what to do with. I know I'm perfectly fine if a person is like, mind if I roll a spin down and sits? Like, yeah, man, go ahead. I don't fucking care. <sighs> REL, that's different. If you're just casually playing with people. Right, yeah. If you're, yeah. If if it's just like kitchen table shit, whoop-de-doo. But like if you're at like an FNM or a fucking league or a tournament, something like that, use an actual D20. Like, you know, common sense. You know, if there's stakes on the line, just use the damn D20. And I'm sure if you don't have one, somebody will. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that as well. Want to talk about Discovery? Or you get you, you get ready for the next thing. I'll read on Discovery. Where is that? Hold on. It's right under the dice. Did I scroll too far? I oh, I did. did. I did scroll too far. <laughs> I was like, where is it? Yeah. Okay. You go for Discovery. I'll get the next thing. Okay. So playing D&D is all about storytelling and adventures uh, in the Forgotten Realms brings a few new tweaks to help the cards tell stories as well. Have you seen uh, the some commercial for this? I can't remember where I saw it, but it was like an ad. It was either on like Facebook or something. Oh, was it the one with like Josh Lee Kwai? It was just somebody like they're DMing while they're trying to play magic. Like the guy was like trying to tell this whole story on his turn and like how he was casting cards. And the other guy's like, can we just... Can we just play magic? Can we just play the game? <laughs> the guy was all like hyping up this card he was going to cast. And then he like cast it. And the guy's like, just like counterspell. <laughs> and the guy's like, okay, okay. So no, so, so, so no, this guy or whatever. But, and then he's like, and then this, and this, and this, and this. And then, um, how about this? And the guy's like, can we just, can we just, can we just get on with the game? Like it was, it was quite entertaining. I loved it. I thought it was funny. I haven't seen that ad yet, <laughs> like, but now great. I got to. It was great. Not going to lie. All the ads that they've been doing recently are pretty good. Did you watch the ones for Modern Horizons 2 where Dakon was visiting 
Oh, yeah, I did. I saw saw some of those. That was kind of cool. It's pretty fucking funny. It was was great. Wizards, your ads. Pretty damn good. Right? Pretty spot on. So anyway, back to what I was talking about (laughs) as as I uh, deviated off because we don't have Danny here to keep us on track. Damn it, Danny. Uh, So anyway, so for example, the basic lands have flavor text on them now uh, with seeds of adventures or call-outs to familiar places in the worlds. So, to make sure you can enjoy this on MTG Arena, they've tweaked the presentation of flavor text. If a card doesn't have any rules text, the flavor text will now show directly on the card. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So, several cards also get flavorful words attached to their abilities or options. These don't have any mechanical impact, but they call back to well-known traits or abilities or just help a card tell its story. What do you think of this? I mean, read a couple of the cards here first, I guess, before. But right, I was wondering about this too. I'm like, okay, so like, are these all separate mechanics, or like, what? Like, are we gonna have like 40 plus mechanics in this set, or like, how is this gonna work? But I I guess this makes sense now. That's just like, hey, this is what it is. Uh, So, first card, and I'm sure you guys have seen a lot of these cards in the spoilers. uh, But this one's like, you hear something on watch. You know, they've got, like, situational card names like that. So this one's one and a white for instant, and you get to choose one. You either rouse the party, where creatures you control get plus one, plus one to end a turn, or you set off traps, and this spell deals five damage to target attacking creature. I think it's really cool that they're putting names here. And I guess my thought is, is like, if they're testing names here, like, maybe they could, they could have... Key, like these could get keyworded maybe in the future for right. different things. Yeah, they like could. just to test things out. But I think it's cool. It's definitely it definitely goes into the flavor of D and D in right incorporating it into magic context, magic rules. Right. I like that gelatinous cube one though. <laughs> right. I think that's cool. So then the world of Faerun also has a rich history with many characters that fans have followed through stories, campaigns, or other games. Adventures in the Forgotten Realms brings dozens of these familiar faces to magic so you can fight alongside old friends and foes or discover new ones. The fucking hamster. Yep, the, the fucking, fucking hamster. hamster. <laughs> so the main ones they highlight here is they got Xanathar, Guild Kingpin, the big old beholder, asshole. Uh, and then you got Drizzt, which everybody knows him. I don't. Because he's a crazy bastard. Well, you got problems. Uh, and then Minsk, beloved ranger. And his fucking hamster boo <laughs> yes did you see the token for this Fucking thing hamster he's throwing boo at the opponent in in the art yep. of the token he's throwing him this fucking hamster that yep. gets it's a hamster with trample and haste right a fucking trampling haste hamster it's goofy as fuck and i right. love it so the card styles are pretty fucking cool in this too i i will admit so they've got a couple different styles where they have like the 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 book presentation like it's written in like parchment paper and stuff like you would see in like the monster manual and stuff uh which is pretty cool and then what they did with the lands uh they made them look like old module book covers not a fan of those i think they're cool i like them I like I like the uh, the monster manual art. It's like yeah, that's good, but the fucking whatever you said. I think they're cool for the style of them. I like them. I think it's freaking neat. I mean, to each your own for sure. Everything's not made for everybody, but this is one like I don't know. I'd definitely be trying to like 
trade out of these for me personally. It's a very cool space that Wizards is delving into with this, not going to lie, but not my cup OT. Next in the state of the game update, uh, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, we have continued to work on improvements to usability and quality of life, particularly on mobile. Main improvement with this release is that the horizontal deck builder now works on mobile devices, so you can get the familiar pile-based view of your deck. We have also added new interface for adding or removing cards from the horizontal deck builder to constructed modes. Instead of removing a single copy of a card, clicking on the card now brings up an interface to allow you to add or remove copies of that card. You can also drag the card out of the deck, PC only, as a shortcut to remove all the copies. This interface only comes up where it makes sense to freely add cards, so you'll see it in normal constructed, but in limited or singleton events, it only works on the lands. There, a single click will continue to remove the card as it does currently. Then uh, beyond the deck builder, we have continued to improve on the mobile user experience by making it easier to get full control mode. You can now hold the avatar or phase ladder and increase the card size slightly for cards in hand and when drafting on tablet. Thanks to behind-the-scenes performance work as well, we have also been able to turn on shadows for high-performing mobile devices. On all devices, we have added a new cancel blocks button. This shows you as this shows as you are declaring blockers in combat and will work just like cancel attacks. It gives you a handy way to clear out everything you've signed so far so you can switch to a new plan. There also has been many small improvements such as updating the add lands tech to handle 100 card decks properly see the patch notes alongside the release of adventures of the forgotten realms for more information so midweek magic new take on fnm at home for arena so they first launched fnm at home in march of 2020 because players around the world weren't able to keep in touch with their lgs's in the usual ways they wanted to keep the friday night magic fun alive even when we couldn't engage in the gathering Thankfully, in-store play is available again in many locations with more and more stores again offering in-person F&M. With this in mind, we want F&M to go back to being a unique in-store experience, but we also want to continue the fun on Arena's F&M at Home event. Do we, though? <laughs> I mean, I mean clearly, they, clearly they do. Right? They, they Somebody does, enough. I guess. But So they're updating their F&M at Home event take place Tuesdays and Wednesdays, lengthening it slightly so it's easier to play in and renaming it Midweek Magic. It will keep the same structure with no entry and two ICRs as rewards, and you will still be able to contact your favorite LGS for a code either online or where safe in person. But now you'll be able to play in these fun MTG Arena events and free to spend F&M with your friends at your LGS. First midweek magic will run on July 13th, so coming up next week. Yep. This next one's big news. Yes, it is. I read the last one. Oh, okay. Even though I wanted to read this article, but oh. I read the last one, so we just got to follow suit. Okay, Sorry. okay. Historic experienced rapid growth and change over the last year, and it developed into a unique and compelling format. We are excited to have historic feel distinct, and we want to continue to build on that, unfortunately. Our schedule didn't ha- doesn't have room to focus on growing that unique identity for historic and fully supporting Pioneer. Some steps towards Pioneer will come as part of the historic's growth, but we have paused work towards the Pioneer Masters set for the time 
being. We do not anticipate a Pioneer Masters release in the next year. We had a, we have a solid plan for those sets, but for now, we will be focusing on expanding Historic in other ways. I still do believe that Historic and Pioneer are going to collide into one. Like, right now, it's no longer going to be Historic becoming Pioneer. Pioneer is just going to become Historic. Right. I just got it backwards in my yeah. tin hat theory. Right, because Pioneer sucks and it's dead. And, yeah. I mean, and people talking about Historic more because you got all these stupid-ass cards that people want to play in, in Modern and other formats, primarily Modern, like brainstorm faithless looting and fucking time warp like come on right all the stupid shit so fucking stupid Ooh, and a little note with time warp stick for deck of the week that one's gonna be fun will it though will it really okay so anyway we got rotation preparation because the dreaded event is on the horizon we got wade in the chat saying big fan of next year's standard to be honest yeah it should be interesting to say the least uh, so, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms also marks the last set before standard rotation this September. When Innistrad Midnight Hunt arrives on Arena this September, the four oldest sets will leave standard, making way for a whole new feel for the format. Throne of Eldrain, Theros Beyond Death, Ikoria Lair Behemoth, and Core Set 2021 will move to being legal only in Historic. This will leave Zendikar Rising, Kaldheim, Strixhaven School of Mages, Dungeons and Dragons, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, and Innistrad Midnight Hunt as the standard legal sets. As usual, around rotation, Arena will be making several tweaks to help ease the transition for players. With the upcoming release, they'll be swapping out the dual-color decks earned from the color challenge so they stay legal after rotation. Players who have already completed the color challenge will receive these decks next month along with any cards they need to be able to play them. We're also starting standard 2022 play and standard 2022 ranked best of one queues, where the older standard sets are already out and only Zendikar Rising Forward is legal. These modes give you a great chance to get a preview of what the post-rotation standard might look like or just try out an alternative standard take on standard. These will be both start with the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms release and run until standard rotation in September. So that's kind of cool that you get to try it out. I like that. I agree. Uh, there's a lot more to share about rotation, and you'll see additional information both in-game and later in July as we share more about what's coming next for Arena. Hopefully shutting it down completely. But that's just me. Arena's not going anywhere. I know it's not, but one, one, one can hope. I mean, hey, we thought that about Legends. Do we think like, this wasn't going there? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I think know. we were all on the page. Like, this is cool that Wizards is trying to do something like this, but it's sad that you know they utterly failed. Though, would you rather them put more effort into Legends, or would you rather them put more effort into the new D and D game that just came out? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not magic, but. I don't think Magic's ever going to get like its own video game kind of thing. Aside oh, from speaking of the new D and D game that came out, it's on Game Pass, sir. I it, just downloaded ooh, it. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oof. Yep. It's dangerous. Yeah. Gotta tell me how it goes. Right. I will. I'll try it out. Well, that is it for the news, and let's jump over to the finance section. As always, for the finance section, we use the amazing site mtgstocks.com. They have a weekly article that gets posted every Friday called the Weekly Winners. In the article, they talk about five 
three to five cards that are trending up in price. And then at the end, they include cheap pickup segments where they talk about three to five cards moving down in price. We recorded these episodes on Monday, so prices may have changed when the article came out. And if they do, we will let you know. So let's start off with reading about Shinka, the Blood-Soaked Keep. This is a legendary land that taps to add red to your mana pool, and then you can pay red, tap it, target legendary creature gains first strike till end of turn. This card has jumped up 399%, now chilling at $48. In the article, it says that not sure what to think of this spike. Let's begin by analyzing the card a bit and talk about it. Shinka is a legendary land from a cycle of Champions of Kamigawa. All legendary lands in this cycle have the ability to grant an extra ability to legendary creatures. This one in particular can give first strike to one. The observant reader amongst you have already probably noticed the word legendary being used a lot in previous sentences. What format resolves a lot around these types of creatures? Exactly, commander. Of course, it's the commander effect. God damn it. So... Uh, Shakina, the Bloodsoak keeps his play in modern Rakdos midrange decks as well, especially those that are now playing Regavan, Nimble Pilferer. Oh, of course. It's got to be the monkey. Interesting. Interesting. They seem to be performing pretty well. Also, notice that this deck plays another legendary land from the same cycle of Shinzo Death's Storehouse. So you can pay Black Tappet, and target creature gains fear till end of legendary creature gains fear till end of turn. That's that card is stupid. that card moved up seventy eight percent to thirty two dollars. So that's stupid. There is a list of a Rakdos Regavan deck here with Turok, Kroxa, uh, Dragon Rage Chandler, Daruthi, Voidwalker, Unholy Heat, Colgan's Command Line. Like this is the deck that I want to see. Holy crap! Actually, because not only is um, Regavan going to be getting the, the first strike ability or the fear ability, but then you got Kroxa. It's legendary. Oh my getting God. the first strike and the fear ability. Okay. Dumb. I'm in on this deck. It is also a Lurus deck. Turok is legendary too, sir. Yeah. And it is protection from white. We were talking about that earlier. Correct. Next in the weekly winners, we have Crime and Punishment. This is a split card from Dissension. It is So the Crime half is three white, black, sorcery. Put target creature... I'm going to click on the link on the card section so i don't have to turn my head so crime three white black put target creature enchantment card from an opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control punishment is green black x destroy each artifact creature and enchantment with converted mana cost x this card has jumped up or is moving around 784% now at $9.99, but that is inflated prices because the market price on this thing is still $2, just under 3 Yeah, the average spike jumped up. People could be specking on this, but if this is a card that's definitely in like bulk bins. Right, and it's mostly because of that, that back half. That's, yeah. that's what's relevant with yep. all these freaking affinity and food decks and all this other shit. You can just like, hey, board white bitch. Yep, <laughs> the, the punishment half, you can pay X for zero, and all the food tokens are gone, all the treasure tokens are mm-hmm. gone. The Urza's Saga is gone. Yep. Because it's the CMC zero. Oh, right, yeah, because it hits enchantments too. Yep. Yep. Constructs, Constructs are gone. Yep. yep. Then... Uh, Welding jars and baubles are gone. Yep. In this section, they're also going to be addressing 
discussing the new modern meta and sideboards, this may be a good time to also address other cards that have gone up because they are being played in modern sideboards because of the shift of meta. JB mentioned this earlier, but Kataki, War's Wage, has moved up. It is around... You can it, it's wow it's had several printings. You had a mm-hmm. modern printing, wasn't it like a bunch of event decks and stuff too or something? Yeah, like that? that's what I think these ones are. So we're gonna click on this link to specifically see where it's printed. Right, scramble. modern. Yep, modern event deck, modern masters, and the original saviors of Kamigawa. Market price of Kitaki Wars Wage is four sixty. Average price is nineteen dollars, and the foil price is forty one. Uh, so Kataki is a legendary creature spirit, 2-1 for white and a 1. All artifacts have, at the beginning of your upkeep, sack this artifact unless you pay 1. So it makes all foods, all treasures, the underworld cookbook cost mana to keep. So that's moving up in price along with Shattering Spree. Shattering Spree is a single red with Replicate. And when you cast a spell, copy it for each time you pay its replicate cost. You may choose new targets for the copies, and you destroy target artifact. It is now, it's been printed a couple times. It was a mystery booster printing, and originally from Guild Pack, but also has a printing in Guilds of Ravnica Guild Kits, one of those, the the, the Izzet deck that came with the pins. Do you remember those? Yeah, because I bought the Orzhov one, okay. and that was what I made the shell of my first modern deck with. Yep, there you go. So that's moving up in there, and that card is around $10. Jesus Christ. Uh, Next in the weekly winners, we have Parallel Evolution. This card is from Torment. It is green, green, three, sorcery. For each creature token on the battlefield, its controller puts a token that's that's a copy of that creature onto the battlefield, and it has flashback for green, 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 four. This card has moving up in price due to Chatterfang decks. For each creature token in play, it's controlled. Okay, so yeah, you're making a bunch of squirrel tokens with Chatterfang. You cast this and make even more tokens. Yep. Uh, Parallel Evolution jumped up 178% to $26.09. The foil of this thing since it's been printed only in torment but it also has a list printing the list printing is cheaper but the foil is 50 bucks uh you can still find them online for around 11 dollars. very interesting card here but doubling up your tokens for five man doesn't seem too bad in any kind of green list next in the weekly winners we have two land cards that are moving up due to the urza's kitchen decks Black Cleave Cliffs and Dark Slick Shores. Having the fast land, these are lands that enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or fewer lands. Dark Slick Shores gives you black red, and Black Cleave Cliffs gives you black. Or Dark Slick Shores gives you black blue, Black Cleave Cliffs give you black red. So yeah, uh, they have a Zeneca Rising Expedition as well, but these ones that we're talking about is the Scars of Mirrodin printing specifically that are moving up to about $30, $50, $40. And yeah, because they're getting played in the Urza's Kitchen decks. Now, JB, give us some cheap pickups here. Okay, so first up, we have the Commander 21 print of Hellkite Tyrant sitting at $7 and it's slowly trending down. And let me tell you what, dude, the, the fucking pre-con that has this in it is stupid as fuck. Like stupid good or just Dude, stupid? yeah, it's just, you know, it's fucking dumb. It's the uh, red-white one, right? 
I believe so, yeah. It was dumb. Like we were playing we were all playing the pre cons right when they came out. And I can't remember if it was the one that this was in originally or if it was the Simic one that stole it. But somebody made like multiple copies of fucking Hellkite Tyrant. And it was just it was stupid as fuck. It was stupid as shit. It's a powerful card. It was dumb. It was so dumb. Next up, we have Muxus, Goblin Grandee, out of Jumpstart, sitting at $14.49 and slowly trending down. And you want to know why it's trending down? Because Jumpstart is making its waves again. Yeah. Getting printed and sent out. Yeah, to everybody that was like, Jumpstarts is going to be expensive forever. Wizards no. said that they're going to make this a print-to-demand set. Yep. And they are holding up their word to that. Mm-hmm. Jumpstart's a fun format. Right. I've only played it on Arena. I haven't played it in person yet. But now, more right, boxes yeah, I haven't. Out. I haven't played it in person yet either. It's let's, only been on Arena, but... Let's get a box, and then we'll... Dude, yeah. We'll, we'll get it. Do we'll it. Get, we'll get some of those um, sleeves specifically for that, the little packs, and seal them all up and make it like... You know those like they're they're like thingamajigs. I think is what the the name of the brand the brand name is. It's like reusable packs. Oh, you mean? Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah the reusable because people use them for cubes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now that's at first I was like sleeves. I was like, what? Was yeah, like, that's my bad for. <laughs> you, you like yeah, you threw me for a loop with the sleeves, but yeah. So then we have. Next up is True Name Nemesis, the retro Time Spiral printing out of Time Spiral Remastered, uh, sitting at $6.65, and that is trending down as well. Legacy play, legacy Merfolk players, you can start buying in pretty cheap. Oh, yeah, and you can get the cool blinged out version. So, uh, hey, look behind you there uh, with Hellkite Tyrants. I don't know, like, in our meta, people were always on Hellkite Tyrant because you win the game if you have... 20 or more artifacts right and i don't know I, I guess i can't speak for everybody's area and stuff but we have one player that's like anything with a win win con on it i'm gonna be putting into a deck right and then they make a deck like just built specifically around that like yeah. it's just and they've got like a deck for every stupid card with a stupid win con on it i'm with you there there hey look behind you Hellkai tyrant beast of a card Yes, yes, it it's is. A, it's a solid body. It's a flying trample. And right? Just, like, even if you're not winning the game, taking people's artifacts is really good because right? taking in Alhemrit's archive or... Taking mana rocks. Ma- yeah, mana rocks especially gets someone's... Because uh, it's... Artifact creatures, you can nug someone's Ooh, worm yeah. coil. Oh, God. Someone's worm coil. Thopters. Not just Thopters, but you can get what's 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 a big scary artifact creature in Commander that I'm just like drawing a blank on. No, no, anything that's an artifact creature, right? Yeah, steals the Traxos. Yeah. All right. So then, last one because they gave us four. They were ever so generous. Uh, the Time Spiral remastered print of Sliver Legion is twenty eight dollars and slowly trending down. Take note, Sliver players. Yup. If you're interested in picking any of those cards up at a cheaper price, go check out the amazing website, TCG Sniper. When you sign, uh, go over there, sign up, make an account. If you mention, it's a free account to make already, but if you mention that the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, you will get three months free of their Plus program. So TCG Sniper is a site where you enter in cards into their site and set desired notification times when a card meets those. And... Like, if it moves up in price. If you want Sliver Legion 
at like $20. You enter it in, set the desired price $20. As soon as someone on TCG Player is selling it for $20, you get sent a notification. You click the link, you buy the card, and you become a happy Magic player. Go check them out. Highly recommend them. Highly recommend it. And also, on top of that, they're crossing milestones, and they're excited to do much more. So jumping in right now seems like a good time to like you know ride the wave with them. But JB, you ready for this next part here? What's the next part? Deck of the week. I will let you and your degenerate blue playerness uh, take lead on this. Perfect. So this deck comes from us from Specter Forge on Moxfield. It is Demilich. Is that how you pronounce that guy's name? Demilich. Yeah, the Demi- uh, Demilich. Demilich. Yeah. So Demilich is a new card from uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. It's not officially printed yet, but people are still brewing with it and because of that someone made a mono blue deck based on this card so demilich is blue 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 skeleton wizard for three this spell costs blue less to cast for each instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn when demilich attacks exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard copy it you may cast the copy you may cast demilich from your graveyard by exiling four instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to paying its other costs. This is an interesting card. It does a lot. It gets cheaper for the more instant sorceries that you cast, and when it attacks, you get a copy an instant sorcery in your graveyard and cast it. You gotta pay the casting of it, though. It doesn't say cast it without paying its mana cost. You gotta cast it. So the primary idea of this is to, like, get... It has, like... bouncing effects boomerang blue blue return target permit to its owner hand twin cast or and then twin cast blue blue copy target insert a sorcery spell you may choose new targets for the copy time warp blue blue three sorcery target player takes an extra turn after this one temporal mastery blue blue five sorcery take an extra turn after this one exile temporal mastery has miracle of blue one so if you draw it you can cast it for its miracle cost Owl runs Epiphany, blue, blue, five, sorcery, create two, one, one, blue bird creature tokens with flying, take an extra turn after this one, exile, uh, all runs Epiphany, and has foretell for blue, blue, two, and eye of nowhere, return, blue, blue, return target permanent to its owner's hand, and a single serum, or not a single, four of serum visions, blue, draw card, scry two. So you're bouncing your opponent's stuff, keeping them off their land, so that way you can get to the later game to where you can be taking multiple turns. But there's also a juicy card in here that helps you with that. God Eternal Kefnet. Blue Blue 2 for a 4-5 legendary zombie god. Flying. You may reveal the card, the first card you draw each turn as you draw it. Whenever you reveal an instant or sorcery card this way, copy that and you may cast the copy. The copy costs 2 less to cast. When God Eternal Kefnet is put into exile or in the graveyard from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top. And then there's also four Rishidan Dockhand. Single blue, one, two, island walk. You pay one, tap, tap target land. In here as well, there's 21 islands and two fairy conclaves. Fairy conclaves is a land that enters tapped. You pay blue, it adds blue, and then you can pay blue one, and it becomes a 2-1 flying fairy creature till end of turn. Still land. So this seems interesting. Like, yeah, the premise of this deck is just like, boomeranging and eye of nowhering your opponent and richard and dockhand them until you're able to drop a demi lich or god eternal kefna to where you can start hopefully chaining up the uh 
take turn the the extra turn spells time warp temporal mastery all runs epiphany and stuff like that this seems like a very like strong base of a deck but it can definitely get improved on and stuff from here like having serum visions to be able to stack up your deck when you have got eternal kefnet out to be able to bank on casting a spell for very cheap is pretty good right and the cool thing as well when god eternal kefnet if you reveal a card like temporal mastery where it says exile temporal mastery and all runs epiphany where it says exile all runs epiphany you're making a copy of it you're still getting those cards to your hand you're not losing the original card you're losing the copy of the spell which is perfectly fine at the end of that but reducing the cost of temporal mastery from uh seven to five mana and the same for all runs epiphany from seven to five mana it puts it in the time warp range and then with time warp it goes from five to three and cheaper take turn spells are really really good and uh, yeah i like the idea of eye to nowhere and boomerang as a way to be bouncing your things but the thing i think i might recommend here is maybe instead of like a four of twin cast maybe just have counterspell in here i think counterspell would just be better to like stop your opponent from doing things because yeah twin cast is cool to be able to take multiple turns with uh with you you, you take turn spells but stopping your opponents from doing things that are going to be impeding you because you you want to be going to the late game you want to be able to cast the demi lich here so that way you can cast these spells from turns and then at that point you're just taking infinite turns with demi lich out because you're never exiling the the spells so twin cast it seems like a, more of a win more probably counter spell would be you know my personal recommendation in place of twin cast there and yeah i don't know like what else that this deck can do it'd be interesting to see this like make it into some leagues and stuff like the more right. it gets played see what its bad matchups are burn for sure because you know demi lich is a four three that thing's going to get bolted right and stuff like that <clears throat> and it's like it makes you think does this deck need to go into like two colors like what happens if you add in uh black and maybe you can get like drown in the lock or it allows you to get access to fatal push or thought seizes to help get you into the later part of the game but as is right now i think this deck looks really fucking sweet and on top of it it is a very cheap modern deck at 259 dollars uh prices may change especially for demi lich because demi lich is only uh pre-ordering at a certain price 24 dollars right now on tcg players what it's pre-ordering for but yeah i definitely can see this deck start to do things yeah it's definitely got potential i think it just needs the right tweaks cool thing with demi lich it's not legendary you can have multiple demi liches that is correct and uh I wonder if there's a way just to like maybe you just go for a Simic ramp style deck that way you can be like double casting these spells with Demi Lich two Demi Liches attacking but there you have it Magic Folk another episode of This Week in MTG thank you for sticking around and yeah holy crap you listening makes you pretty awesome and stuff in our book because we're just schmucks in rooms talking magic and people actually coming to listen to what we got to say is i don't know humbling enjoying and stuff like that so thank you thank you to everyone listening also thank you to our patrons for being patrons like you were going up and beyond supporting dummies like us but go check us out if if you're new here go check us out on all the podcast platforms where better podcasts can be found like stitcher apple google etc etc 
We record the podcast live every Monday night around 7-ish p.m. on Twitch and YouTube. So go follow us and subscribe there so that we get notifications when we go live. We are on the internet at a bunch of different places, and we have all those bunch of different places in one tidy little Linktree account. That account, that URL is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash thisweekinmtg. There you'll find act you'll find the links to our Moxfield, to our Reddit, to our Patreon, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, and all this other jazz there. Like, wherever wherever the internet is, you'll probably find us there through the link tree. That link again is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash thisweekinmtg. The link will also be in the description down below if you just want to click on that. And the final thank you goes out to JDubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Thank you for supporting us. Now, JB, yes. got anything else to add? If we, if we reach 20 patrons, we'll hold a win-a-box tournament. JB is adamant about this. I am. He's very focused. Let's do this. I would, I'm down for doing a win-a-box. I think it'd be fun. It'd be a fun time. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll start to get things like written up, and next week we'll come with more information towards you guys about that. That way it's more defined, and you can feel more safe becoming a patron. Yes, knowing it's not going to be Exelon or Born of the Gods. Yes, I'll make sure it's not Exelon or Born of the Gods specifically for you guys. Maybe, But it could be Journey into the Knicks. No, we're not going to do that. Maybe. Maybe what we'll do, we'll start off strong with... Rivals of Exelon. Return to Ravnica. That'd be a good one. That would be a good one. That would be a good you one. You get shocks, you get a bunch of good cards, not only for Canada, right? but for Modern. Maybe, right. maybe tentative, magic folk, just tentative. Yes, but that's our thoughts. Thank you, and we'll see you all Dragon's next maze. week. <laughs> <laughs> Done with you. <laughs> yeah, no, get the fuck out of here.